0: Hi everyone, this is 20s Converse with lovely and Toby, a conversation between two age-old friends about life, the world, and everything in between. On this week's episode, we spoke about the fear of not being good enough. One, about the imposter syndrome. Here are the highlights. So today we're talking about the fear of not being good enough, um, and it's about the imposter syndrome overall. Um, and I guess Willie and I when I and I came up with this topic because, you know, I think we're both in different places in our lives or so all, all of us are in different spaces. But you know, as you get successful, as you do things, um, you start to question if you actually deserve the things that you have or the place that you're in because you know, you know yourself that you're not that good. Like you're, you're not that good for all the things that have come to you. And so it's not that question of like will someone find out that you're a fraud one day, um, basically, not to likely. Uh, but today we have uh, a friend, uh Tiwa Banjo, who is a clinical uh doctoral researcher in clinical health psychology.
1: You struggle with that
0: even on the even on the chat as well. Oh my god. Um and and yeah. And I think we didn't actually bring her on because she's studying psychology, because obviously, yes, um, the fear of not being good enough is something that a lot of psychologists have gone into. But more from a point of, you know, she's also doing a lot of amazing things in her life as well. And so it's trying to see if, you know, this fear that Wally and I share is something that she shares as well and everybody else shares. So we're going to same format as always, uh, but I'm going to start with allowing Tiwa to introduce herself very quickly, and then we'll dive into the questions. So Tiwa introduce yourself to our lovely fans
2: all right hi everyone wait what do i need just my name what i'm doing and everything
1: exactly no can i just comment on you're saying fans
2: <laughs> 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 well i'm tiwa i am a third year doctoral student in clinical health psychology at virginia state university um yeah that's wait, it per- I'm question huh
1: Oh, sorry. Continue.
2: Yeah, and I'm also um, I want to be a child psychologist, a child clinical psychologist. So that's my end goal. Yeah. Question:
1: Is that something you wanted to do, like since I was a kid?
2: That's something I wanted to do since I started uni. I think I was, I was, I always knew I wanted to work with kids. Like at first, I wanted to be a pediatrician, but then I went to UCH and I saw someone building building. I was like, yeah, this is not, <laughs> this is not for me. I I don't like blood. I don't like gory things. So I'm like, yeah. But then, after some time, I took my first psych class in undergrad, and from there, I was just like, "Yeah, definitely, this is what I want to do." And I never changed since then. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good.
1: (laughs) No, I just like to ask because you—you it's good to know people's um motivation, then not motivations, but dreams, how we began. Mm -hmm. You hear the occasional story of you know, it's been the plan since day one. And you hear the story where they just absolutely bumped into it. Yeah, you know, I mean.
2: Uh, it's guilty in
1: both, anyway.
2: I mean, from my first psych class, but well, one thing that solidified it for me was um, when I took abnormal psychology. It, I, just, I just find it so interesting when I see all these, like when I see people like who are seeing things or hearing things that are not there. And it's just like, I just want to know why. I want to know, like, okay, so what is causing this? I don't know, I'm just curious, I guess. And then I want to also be a part of like the healing process and stuff. So
1: this idea of uh, imposter syndrome and I think we should just define it before we get into it. So I'd like to be define that
2: for us.
0: No, not me, not me. Like when when is TR here? Why should I be the one defining it? <laughs> Why should I be the one defining it? it?
2: <laughs> anyway, I think it's just more of the fear of as you guys said in the beginning, not being enough or the fear of someone finding out that you are not actually you don't actually deserve to be where you are. Or that you know you're just faking it till you make it. Basically, that's the that's the sentence: faking till you make it. Like, and if someone finds out, it's like your world comes crashing down. So it's like just that fear. Even with regardless of your success, you still have that fear. So that's what it is.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Funny thing. What? Well, about you? Like, you know,
1: what you think about it? Like, the funny thing is, and I, I think I'll, talk, I'll I'll speak about this later. Is I did not know that word existed until I had gone through that so deeply yeah, and and when I realised what it was I realised there was a term attached to it I had one of those oh shit moments I was like oh shit this is what's happening mm-hmm. and it's interesting because I realised that in life here yeah, things that you cannot con- things that you can't define you can't control it right so if you, if you can't put a label on something that you're going through you're feeling there is no starting point to you know work around it Yes. So, it was that moment where I, I knew that, oh, imposter syndrome is the feeling of you being like a fraudster in a place where you don't belong, you know, just by you achieving something great. And then when I heard about it, I was like, ah, oh, oh, cool. So, at least just knowing that it existed as a, as a, as a term, psychological or social, whatever, gave me some reassurance that, okay, I have something to
0: build. Funny thing, like when I was like checking a bit about it, it started off as something that was actually very focused on women. Um, because I think research I guess at that time used to show that it was something that women were more likely to feel uh than men, right? But I think more as time has gone by, as more data has come in, they realize like everybody actually feels it.
2: And one thing with that is so it's like women are also more more um thingy to report stuff like that, they're more likely to report that rather than men, because men have this thing they have to keep up, and then it's more like, oh, nah, I don't feel that because you know I'm this, and that. it's a lie! Men feel it too, they just don't report it! <laughs> no,
1: just... Honestly, yeah, that is 100% true. Like, 100% true, and, and, and I'll, I'll tell you my experience with that, 100% true, men feel it, we don't report it, and part of it goes back to what, you put, what you're putting in quotation marks is having that you know the ego, ego that you created, where you're not allowed to feel like crap, or you're not allowed to go through certain feelings that make me feel
2: sad, you know, mm. that's the idea of you know, being masculine or whatever, exactly toxic masculinity, yeah. Yeah. which is what my dissertation is about. Actually, Swear. I know. Oh, yeah, I'm working on it, but that's why I'm sweating because <laughs> you if
1: you want to interview someone, just holler at me because I
2: know. Be. <laughs> Wait,
1: actually, no. I, I'm not saying I'm toxic,
0: though. No, no, just no.
1: let me shut up right now. <laughs> let me quiet, and let me let you continue Okay.
0: okay um. All right. So maybe let's flash because again, we we talked about this last week too. Where we we're talking about how childhood experiences actually like bleed into our adulthood and make us, you know, who we are today. Um. So would you say you had any, or can you remember any childhood experiences of you know feeling like an imposter, like? I know when we're here in Boston syndrome, people would like to think that, oh, is this thing that adults or what you feel at the top? But I kind of like feel like it's something that as kids also, we kind of like had that feeling in certain places. So Yes, I'm-
2: especially kids in... It's raining, so it's like lightning. <laughs>
0: <laughs> My heart
2: was beating
1: for a second. It scared
2: me a little bit. Anyway, um, basically kids, like even in Nigeria, in countries like oh, in african countries in general kids when you're younger especially in the, the british system of um education you're you're ranked so mm-hmm. there's first position there's second position there's third position and then person comes last like first second third they're honored and everything like your valid service and stuff but if you come last every you see they make slight jabs at you and stuff like that so slowly but surely those things start to stick and then, really, like someone like me who was usually one of those top three. When I get to Kinney and then if something happens, it's like, ha! Uh, if I fall, then I, that means I'm like this person who was always coming back. Uh, uh. So I feel like that thing just starts to like stick. Or even maybe it's when you're younger, you say, oh, I want to be a doctor. And once more, small. I want auntie starts to you want you like oh, this one's doctor kind of thing. It's true. <laughs> those things add up. So like as first, as, you might not think much of it at that time, but those things subconsciously they stick with you. So, yeah, I would say definitely childhood experiences. Like, for me, I'm more, I don't want to start talking psychology, but it's psychodynamic. Like, all these things build up. You can't just say, um like you, can't, you can't just be a blank slate as an adult. You have little, little um, experiences when you're younger. They build up, and then, you know, when you're older, it starts to come out as something different.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. But, yeah.
1: I that that what you use, psychodynamic.
2: Psychodynamic, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice word. <laughs> I'll, use that, I'll use that tomorrow when I'm talking, and I'll, I'll sound eat. smart. <laughs> Wait, how about you? Um, childhood. To be fair, I think I was probably in, in one of those categories that you said the kids ever had. But um, my in secondary school, I wasn't. I wasn't A grade student. Mm-hmm. In University, I wasn't A grade student. So, but it's weird because my mom always said that my issue was overconfidence, right? And I don't know to she said that out of you know, she's my mom. She's she got to support me, right? Or whether she was she was for real. Yeah. Well, as I've grown up now, I think she was for real because I realized that the reasons why I was not doing so well in school was because I a assumed that I did not have to work as, as hard as others did because I had this idea that you know I was I was very smart,
2: you mm-hmm. know,
1: and even even when I would get those grades that probably put me in the middle grade or. You know, a bit a, a bit below me a bit below me, though I have to be like, oh yeah, yeah, yes, it's calm. Next next time, next time. So I never really had that feeling of of being a being a fraud or of feeling 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 like, like someone who doesn't know anything at, 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 at that age anyway, because growing up I had a lot of confidence in myself. That then began to manifest. Wait, are we going into that now? do just stop there?
0: No, um go wait. If you're going too far, I'll stop you, but go on. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um I think when I when then began to hit me really was when, I then I, I mean obviously during my PhD so my master's degree yeah was my was pretty much my way of telling myself okay, you know what this secondary school just finished sorry university just finished you kind of go it one but you pretty much you know, scraped the top of the two one right so let's go prove everyone one, right so that was my mentality coming to do a master's yeah. But I'm not saying, I'm not saying I did that for the long run but that was I, I did a motivation for me. And I did really well, like, top of top of my class and everything. I was like, okay, cool. You know. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I've loud it a little bit. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, anyway. um, And then when I got my, when I graduated from my master's, I was like, okay, yeah, cool. Like, it's not, it's, if you're really actually overconfident in yourself. you, you got to put in the work. Mm-hmm. Right. But then, after you now get to um, the PhD level, I realized that, oh, like, after putting in that work, getting that success, because you don't see yourself as average anymore, because you've actually succeeded, something else comes with it.
0: Mm. Mm.
1: Yeah, and then that's when we began to shake up psychodynamics. I still have to say. <laughs>
2: okay.
0: So, so um, I'll track back a little. So, I think the first time I ever experienced like this, like, cause again, like, like what said. I think growing up as well, I was pretty a confident person. Like, I was short and everything. I, I'm bringing this up again, but like, <laughs> I was short in school and all of these things, but I was always the cute guy, the guy. So, like, it just, in terms of like confidence in that aspect, I was fine. Um, and then. Bro,
1: sorry, sorry don't use was. Was <laughs> You still are, bro. Let me for you.
0: <laughs> God. So, okay. But so, it, it just as one, I remember like, In primary school, we weren't really very competitive and they they didn't do any like first, second or things like that per se, if I remember correctly. But ISI, when we're doing, you know, commendation lists and all these
2: things,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think the first, the first, the first term, you know, I think I got like, was it 12 A's and I was like the second best in class. And so like all that carried on through um, SS1 and like in SS1, my story became like Wally's story as well. Like. I think I became overconfident, and you know, I dropped a bit. And then I think it was one of my friends that, for the lack of a better word, and I think I was a terrible person. But like, the person got a very high score in math, and I was like, I know this person. Like, <laughs> I was like, I know this person. So what what's going on? So I kind of like put my head down. And, and then, <laughs>
1: you know when, you know when, you know when someone someone does someone gets a very good score, like ah, this guy, I'm with this guy now. This, this guy needs to be work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that just becomes like a spring. I mean, sometimes it's, it's, it's a very, it's a very, it's not the, it's not how you want to prepare yourself. Yeah.
0: But it happens. Yeah, it, happens. Exactly. it happens. But anyway, so that happened. And then I got back up to speed in math and all of this, but then hundred level in UI. Oh my God. Like, I remember, um, there's something we used to call chemistry 157 for any of you. It's this like stupid chemistry course that again, haunted me straight from, um you know secondary school into uni but after I got my first results like that was the first thing I actually failed and you know it it shook my confidence a lot because I then started to feel like all the things I was doing in ISI was child's play and now that push came to shove now that in the reality of the matter itself I now I was now failing and that followed me for for three years actually four years because it wasn't until my fourth year that I now started to like understand how to like you know be the person that I felt that I was so for three years I battled with this feeling of like on the outside I'm still cool I'll go to class feel fly answer questions and then exams will come you write it and then you get the results and you're watching like like I know in 100 level, <laughs> in 100 level I played but then in 200 level I actually like put work in and still it was still the same result so honestly I think that definitely like shook my confidence a lot and I think almost similar to Wally's story was in 400 level where Uh, My last two years was when I finally like I don't know fell into my own skin and really like blew myself away really in terms of what I did and that really got my confidence back because I feel like if I didn't achieve what I wanted to do by my fifth year it would have been difficult. It would have been very difficult actually moving on from that because it's like, you know, this degree that you have that shapes almost everything else that you do after that point. They never tell us in like secondary school that like this they, they tell you, but you don't really hear it. Like you hear that, oh, you know, your university, make sure you do well, like get get the good certificates. And you're like, Yeah, 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 I get But then you get into university and then it doesn't really hit you until the final stage that you know this this thing actually matches at least to a point. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I'm 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 thankful to God that I was able to like go past that because I think if I didn't, it would have reinforced this feeling of being a fraud. Um, mm-hmm. I think that was one of the experiences that helped shape my perspective about this overall. So maybe that leads me into the a uh, kind of question is like, you know, what experience did you have, not as a child, but just overall that kind of like helped? Like Wellia shared this example of, you know best in his class in his master's degree um so Tewa, how about you like was there anything that you did that kind of like reassured you that okay momo like i actually know this thing and, and i'm um, right.
2: i mean my teachers they keep telling me like or like it's like you get compliments and stuff from teachers or like even your grades like you get 4.0s and stuff like that so it's like reassuring or even if i'm my internship when I have my supervisor, when I have my supervision my supervisor and she's just talking over some things and they're like, Yeah, you're doing this right. So that kind of like boosts your confidence too. Like at some point I'll be double like I'll say double. I'll be like double guessing or something like that, myself. I'll be um, what's the word? Basically not believing in myself at that point, but I'm like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, but I'm just like, Am I doing this right? Like, is this you know? But then it's it builds my confidence when at least I hear I get feedback. That is like, yeah, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Like, you're doing this right, you
1: yeah. know. Just, just thinking, about, thinking back to the current context, mm. what was the point where you felt, like, what was that low point where you felt, you know, that am I, am I in the right place? I mean, Did you, have, did you actually feel that? If you did, uh, what, what, was the, what was the low point? And what, what, what actually sparked it?
2: Let me see. I don't think there was specifically any low points because I'm, I'm pretty optimistic. It's just I get anxious. I get really anxious but i try i manage to push through every time like i don't think i've ever had that low point it's just maybe like before something starts i'm excited but once the excitement dies down that's when it starts to creep in Mm. like when i was when i started teaching when i um you know started teaching i was like yo i'm here i'm teaching undergrads like what i'm teaching people in university like i'm 25 and i'm teaching people that are close to my age so it's like I was excited when I got the letter and stuff, but then once like it was about to start I was about to start like going into my class and everything and I saw this big the like size of the room, and I was like, hey God, what <laughs> the <that> hell <for> myself? <laughs> and then I started seeing the students coming in and everything. I, like the first few weeks I was like nervous and plus I don't like talking in front of people. But then I had and I had 50 students. So I was like, hey. But the, yeah, I had to it was a big class. But then after, like it just once I got comfortable, it was just like it's not a big deal. Like I am here because I deserve to be here. Mm. You know, so it's just more reassurance. Yeah, mm. I, just need I
1: more reassurance. that's very powerful. Last thing I said, you're here because you deserve to be there. I cannot say the same thing for me. Um, because when when I had those thoughts, and mine, mine wasn't mine wasn't even when I taught people when I had my first class. Mine was even before. Mm. Mine was when. Maybe you know, the, the journey should have been smooth. And a, I, I never actually thought, oh, I deserve to be here. I never, and, and again, you mentioned the point of your supervisors giving you that compliment, giving you that feedback. Okay, because I have to say this carefully. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think my point there is, you, and you saying that has to just reinforce the idea that, you know, having support or having encouragement, either in the slightest way or in a profound way, People who matter you know, in the context, mm-hmm. right, from from those who are trying to be their peers, not just students. You know, having that compliment from them goes a long way. Mm-hmm. And you also knowing that you deserve to be there because you could have easily thought of your previous um, previous accomplishments that you've had before you got to class, mm-hmm. before you before you began your degree, and thought, okay, yeah, that's good, but this this is a bigger stage. I can't I can't I can't handle this. But knowing but knowing that you deserve to be there is is under, underrated because you're just knowing that, like, I want you to tell us about this, I, I got that. This, this is for me, yo. That goes a longest way, mm-hmm. the longest way. I,
0: I think for me, um, I think it was making the switch from um, my previous role in this company that I currently work in to the one. So I, I moved from sort of like an operations manager to like leading. Across all our different markets, and to be honest, um, I, I received two kinds of feedback before I was given the position. Now, the first person was from a manager that was close to me, and she was very confident in my abilities. So she said it in such a like off-putting, no, not off-putting, but in a very flippant way, like, like they're taking you away from me to do what I know you can do. So I'm very like, like, um, I think you can do it, but I'm angry that they're taking you away from me. You know, it's that kind of like, you know confidence boosting thing. But then someone else, you know, that I had a call with was like, you know what, like we were looking for people outside the organization, but um we couldn't really find anybody in that field. and your name came up. And the person was like, to be honest with you, um I I was I wasn't very confident that you know you'd be able to do this. So, you know, promise me one thing that when you get to this position, you would do XYZ. I didn't hear the rest of the statements. All I heard was that, you know, I wasn't very confident when your name came up. And honestly, I think I carried that, although one person that was very close to me that knew me had told me that, you know, I believe in your abilities, you can do this. I carried this whole, I wasn't very confident for like, I think the first six to seven months. Like I was doing things, I was like getting results, but I I always felt like, you know, is this actually good enough? Like, because I, was, I didn't go to the point where I was seeking this person's approval because i felt that you know this was the person that said i wasn't good enough so you know is the person now seeing how good i am and um that was a very weird place for me to be in um to be honest i didn't really enjoy it fast forward now like you know me and the person are pretty close now the person has said that i'm great but what i like at least from my experience is that it wasn't because he said i was great that i finally it finally clicked for me i think i decided to as opposed to look at what he just, like, what he said. I looked at what everybody else had said. I looked at the results. And I think that's kind of, like, the, because one of the questions here is, like, how do you deal with, like, this fear and all of that? And I think one of the biggest things is actually just reflecting, sitting, like, looking back and seeing the right things. Um, I think sometimes we've got like it's the negative sticks more that's just a sad truth and you have to actually be more deliberate as to like what you look so I said that that's what really helped me because I looked back and I was like hey I've done this I've done that there were way more people saying like Toby you're actually really good at what you do than this one person that didn't kind of like agree or have faith in me and the person eventually had faith in me but I, what I'm saying is that at some, when he finally did, it wasn't like I was looking for his approval. When he finally, the, the meeting where I noticed that okay, this guy actually rates me, I was kind of like, oh, welcome to the club. Like since all these times, now that you're not realizing that you rates me, so that was really uh, <laughs> a, a, a good thing for me. Um, so let me see next. That, yeah, um, what,
1: just on that, and um, what you said about seeking approval, well, that hit, hit me a lot. That hit me. And second, that hit me was when you said um, the person just saying you know, um, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not confident in you. And that, that went with you because in my experience, yeah, it, was the, it was those subtle words that come out. In fact, it was probably the unspoken words that, that were not said with their mouth, but said, were said with their body language that you take away. And if I've learned anything from my first year as a PhD student and my third year in but I learned from my first year is when I'm, in a, when I'm in a position of power, when I'm in a position where someone looks up to me, I honestly know now that everything I say to that person matters. Every full stop I have in that conversation matters, because there were times where in my first year, where first of all, my, my first year was ter- anybody who knows me, in my first year, who knew me, in my first year, just asked, it was terrible. Like I was a ghost of myself in terms of coming to my PhD. All I, all, all I had with me as okay, Wally. All I had was my confidence. My confidence is everything. Like, let's play a game. I want to win. I now can win. Let's do it. I want to win. I now can do the sport. When I say I knew what humble defeat was, like, I was walking. I was walking every day, but walking on my footsteps, whatever I was I feeling like I was at the bottom of the entire world. And, you know, and that that been translated to you trying to seek approval from people. And in doing that, you tend to do things to achieve a certain result. I, I, I don't do them to just project your actual self. Right? And I won't go into more detail, but my point is, you know, you don't know what people say, right? Or I don't know what you would say that people would hold on to. Yeah. That, you know, that, 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 that they hold on to affect them for a long while. And like Tiba says again, the psychodynamics. I love that word, by the way. Oh, like, I love that word. And, and even for me, yeah, like, for even to date, I'm still dealing with like my first year trauma. Like, I'm still dealing with it today because I have not gotten over it. I can't speak about it without getting emotional. I can't speak about it without, without having, you know, a bit of tears at the back of my head, you know. I, I can't speak about it without, you know, thinking about, even just having like hairs on my body standard because it was like one of those moments where I, I realized that your life can hit somebody. And if you think that, you know, you can be coasting on life with, you know, with everything else that your life can hit somebody and it can hit you even, even when you have everything you need to survive, you know? So yeah, n- not to go too much into that, but I just, I'm just waiting what you said in terms of, you know, approval seeking and you know people should watch what they say when, you, when you're in a position to influence people yeah. because they are vulnerable really because they're looking up to you and then, and then I, and I was trying to work because like then christmas christmas time everybody's gone home man but me i'm like trying to crack this thing because i'm i'm, I'm working hard i'm doing my best but i've been told this is this is not this is nothing right and chris i'm like i'm in the office like trying to crack this thing and then i just out of, out of nowhere i just start crying like, i just start shedding tears like i'm like <laughs> Am I quit? Am I quitting this? Honestly, like I thought about quitting. Like I said, you know what? Maybe I'm just not for this thing. And 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 all along, this is, this is something that I was doing before. Maybe like three, four, five months. I, mean, I didn't tell one. I didn't tell anybody. Didn't tell anybody I was with. And then I think I said luckily because luckily my sister called me about one and again she was like, "Oh, what's up?" And she could, she could hear some my voice. Then she was like, "What's going on?" I'm like, "Oh, nothing. I'm good. You okay?" She was like, "No, no, 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 no. Shut up. Like I can tell." something is wrong what is going on and then she calls me on video and i and i hang up and she calls me again i says, look if you hang up i'm, I'm gonna call security at the university i'm gonna go and then anyway she calls me on video and then i just start telling her everything i just like you know what they call breakdown everything just like and i think i'm glad i did that because me just sharing that i don't know why it's weird that that, that that, you, that some people forget that you have support systems right so that was what i knew what support system meant you know even though she was miles away but me just speaking to her like just saying this is what's going for like one hour straight and i'm like i'm that vulnerable state that was the decision i made because that was the point where i could then speak about it acknowledge that it's happening to me you know and again move on from that because like i said at the start if you can't define it if you don't know what it is then how do you even say okay yeah let's let's proceed. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 point is people should watch what they say and seeking approval when you're in that position is kind of very dangerous. You know, it's a dangerous thing to do. Uh,
0: so, to, uh, do you want to um, like maybe summarize or just give concluding thoughts on I guess all that we shared in the last couple of minutes?
2: Um, let me see. Lord have mercy. <laughs> um, well, one thing I would like to say is um, as I, I think Toby or yeah Toby, I think you mentioned the best ways to get I wouldn't say get over it because that's not really, you know, but like get better at it is just look at the bigger picture or and put look at the bigger picture, put things into perspective and actually talk about it because um well, I say look at the bigger picture because in at least if you're a student and stuff, when you're in that position, you're there to learn you're not there to know everything, and so when you look at that then put things into perspective it's like most of the time one thing that makes me feel like you know dang i'm not really i don't know if i'm really supposed to be here is when i look at my teachers and i hear them talking about their experiences i hear them talking about um you know their like what when they just, just the way they speak like the confidence they carry and they talk about their research and stuff. i'm like huh i'm not even halfway there but one when, when i one thing i have to learn to do is slow down and look like these people have been here for over a decade yeah. now so they have this experience they know what they're doing because They have learned and they have practiced for this this long. So, and last thing is actually talk about it. One thing I know that helps is when you actually have that conversation with people around you, your peers and stuff. Because one thing I notice is when I actually talk about with my friends and stuff, they're like, "Yeah, me too." I don't know. (laughs) I feel like I feel like this. So it's like you don't feel like Like half the time in class. Like I see my friends answering questions and stuff, and then when I'm like, they're like, "Wait, I don't understand how to think someone is saying." And then yeah. I was after class. Like yeah, I ask, and they're like, "Oh, they just said anything. Just feeling the silence that like, they really didn't know what they're talking about." So it, it makes you feel better, like you're not the only one experiencing this thing. You know? mm-hmm. So after- I feel like those are the three main points I would say with helping, yeah. looking at the big bigger picture, putting things into perspective, and actually having that conversation.
0: Yeah, like <laughs> that's really amazing. Um, so before I move on, because we're going to move to a slightly different um, theme now, but I- I'm just gonna like add from the point of view of, you know, people in the working space or like in tech or entrepreneurs and things like that, because I feel like the examples you guys have given, although it relates to other sides of life, some people can disconnect from the fact that, oh, these are PhD guys doing PhD research. I think as founders, as entrepreneurs, as guys in the industry, like um, i have some friends that we've worked together they've moved on um we are all in different spaces but once in a while we get on a conversation and we just like talk about our frustrations and i think what like to's last point actually talking about it and seeing that okay someone that you rate as well Oz, or that you respect Oz, yeah
1: i'm very upset that i'm not in this in this in this group chat i'm no. i'm not a... <laughs>
0: We talk, we talk already. This is guy. Uh, I'm, joking,
1: I'm
0: joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> but, yeah, but, but, you know, we just have these conversations that, you know, helps you see that this person that you think highly of or this person that you think is doing pretty well also faces the same thing that you face, either in building their own company in you know, leading a team or doing whatever. Like, the... The loud, I think the biggest lie that we tell ourselves is that this thing is only me. Like, I'm the only one facing this thing and no one else will understand. I think that's actually a very big lie. And, you know, we owe it to ourselves to look around at, like, what Oli what said, our support network, our support systems, and just, like, talk to people. Like, sometimes it's not even about them saying anything back to you, but it's like, you just saying it and taking it away from your head and like looking at it square on like what you said and like okay this is the thing this is what it is and you can then know what to do from that point but okay i would keep quiet but there.
1: just just one comment on that yeah, yeah when yeah. you're talking to people yeah don't just talk to anyone because and again maybe this maybe maybe this departs from you know you saying, you saying know, the academia and the other side because maybe maybe in a PhD student and i don't I don't know what I I can lead to this, but there's some things that people just cannot understand. Right? And I'm not saying this to say people that, you know, I'm not saying I'm just saying it is an experience that you can't even explain <laughs> to so like there, there are no words for certain things to explain. Like when when you, when you say, Oh yeah, this happened to me, and someone some, there's always a simplistic answer for your problem from the outside world. But there's so much complexities in there that you just can't explain. Yeah. So when we say talk to people, I think it's also important to find supposed. Systems in different spheres. So, support systems that might be your social network,
2: mm.
1: also support systems that will be in that professional network. Someone that will understand the nitty gritty stuff of your context. Mm. right someone non-family, non-friend, just somebody who understand it. Yeah. And that could be somebody in a different company, different network, whatever. But someone who just understands the professional context you're coming from, because you you might get the hugs, you might get the you know ice creams and everything to make you feel better. But if person doesn't get certain things, you know, it, it, it might be more difficult to, to progress from that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> great, great, great. Um, so we have about 15 minutes. And so I'm going to move slightly away from like career-wise. And actually, into another area that we tend to ignore when it comes to feeling like we're not good enough. And that's relationships, right? Um, I think so many times we think of relationships as just one of those side things. But I think being an imposter also reflects in things like that, where maybe you... Again, not just romantic relationships, like just relationships generally, that you find yourself in, you find you find yourself feeling like either you don't deserve um, the attention, the the love, or you know the things that you're getting, you just feel like you don't deserve it, or you feel that it's something that you're not worth. um, In that sense, Um, and so because of that, you kind of like self-sabotage certain (laughs) situations. You self sabotage -sabotage yourself, and then when the thing, then now, like when the person or whoever it is on the other side, then kind of like says, Okay, fine, you suck, and all of those things in your head, you're like, Oh, yes, I always knew. But to be honest, you just really just like kind of like put into existence what you are already trying to like, you know, um, profess. But anyways, that's the backstory. story. Um, Tewa, because you laughed hard at the start, you're going to start with this one. So I think your first question is, you know, can you relate? Um, if yes, then just, you know, tell your story. <laughs> I, I
2: definitely can't relate. What? That's, I feel like a lot of people actually can relate. It's just the uh, how many who actually own up to it. I was just like, oh, relationship. Anyhow, I mean I haven't been in a relationship for like five years now. and um, that was mostly by choice because I just felt like first things first I started my um grad school and I was like I don't have that <laughs> I don't have that time. Especially like when with and then like I started going on dates and stuff last year. And there was <laughs> I don't I, I don't know if it's going to be here <laughs> but there was this person that was, I went on a date with everybody going it wasn't you know bad. But then after some time, it seemed like he knew what he wanted. I was just there like, eh, there. <laughs> no, not ready. So I, I basically like ran and I was just like, you know, I just pushed because I was just like, I don't like, you know, it's not as if it was a bad person. It's just me not being ready and not wanting to be in that space at that moment. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's why I was laughing because I was just like, yo, I know I still <laughs> suffer. I still, <know> like <laughs> I was just like, hey God, it's more like just things becoming real. I'm just like, eh, it's not yet time. It's not me. So I just <laughs> run, and I feel like it's more of the fight, flight, and or freeze um response. You know, people fight is more like you say, okay, you want to face this thing head on. Flight is like you, yeah, i would just rather not deal with it. i'm freeze just, uh, just there. I, I'm a flight person. If I feel overwhelmed with something, or I feel like something is going to scare me and stuff, I'm gone. <laughs> I run and I run fast. <laughs> That's why I laughed when you said self sabotage I was like, that is my middle name, <laughs>
0: honestly. Because uh, well, yeah, tell me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I I I get the idea that that you can in a relationship with someone not maybe not dating but friendships as well um people can do good things people give me shit like, like people do good things to me i'm like i, I always think like why because i'm also not saying that i'm a i'm a dickhead i'm not i'm a cool person but i don't sometimes like some some gifts i receive i don't know why right <laughs> some 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 nice words people say to me like hmm. i i don't know why and I don't think of myself as a terrible human being. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, dope. but my point is the context of which it happens. Sometimes I quote me and like, say, okay, like, bro, like, I don't even know to receive compliments. Like, mm. give me a compliment right now. I'll be like, yeah, okay, thanks. Mm. Cool. Next, next, next question. Mm. So mm. it's even, even from things as, as simple as that to, you know, someone doing something extravagant for me. I'm like, yo, do not really have to do this, you know, but, yeah okay and the worst part is that always ruins shit because i'm costing too much today that always ruins stuff because when you don't you know reciprocate not just the actions but the feelings that you should when <laughs> someone does something good for you you obviously look like a dickhead right <laughs> and again it's a case of someone's someone being incapable of handling such or or whatever Mm-hmm. as opposed to kissing and appreciating it because it just like still, still is the word overwhelming overwhelming it can't overwhelm you because you pick up just like uh what <laughs> but in the context of what he was said um a bit a bit but like i think for me i i must was more in control of those things so mm-hmm. mine is with babes like yeah no and i don't i don't like for you i, I can get because i don't know. Cause like you're 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 a lady, so the guy's typically gonna say, "Oh yeah, I want I want to do this, I want to do this, right?" So, in those cases, you're, you're more likely to receive such sentiments than give them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But for me, it's like I'm more likely to give them than, than receive them. So in that, in that sense, yeah, that that's how I can relate to it.
0: Um, so I think I'll give a slightly different twist. I think um, in one of my relationships, I think what. What was happening was that like some things that I felt was like very normal, like just something that I just did naturally. This person would make it seem like a big deal. Like oh, like, oh yeah, God. like and even beyond that relationship, I think even in, in general things, like me, I do something like, okay, like it's just normal. And then the person is like very grateful and like. I think there's a point of law of diminishing returns where the gratitude <laughs> that you're showing, I'm like,
1: <laughs> like, do you know I'm clapping? Why? Because yeah, that is. I I don't know. I didn't mention that. Yeah. Um, yes, bro. <laughs> oh, we
0: we'll Yeah. Um. And and so for me, it, it's very. It then starts to reach a point where I guess I now became overconfident in the fact that okay, I'm this like really great person, and I think it sort of like stopped me from. I think the other side of um, what I'm trying to say is that the other side of not being good enough is having this false sense of like confidence right or this blind side honestly um and so I think largely what we' I think what we're saying today is not that the opposite of not feeling good enough is feeling like you're the best at something because I think that's equally a very uh dangerous place to be in as well because um Yeah, you you just find it hard to be corrected. You don't learn anything new because you feel like you're at the top of things already. So I think, like with all things in life, there's like a balance. But for me, I definitely did not, um, like every time I do things for people, I run away from gratitude because I can't do it because I'm like, this thing was just normal. So why are you making this like, is this very amazing? Mm -hmm. And so I'm
2: almost like patronizing you at that point.
0: Exactly. Or it's just that, like, I don't know. I'm like, the reason you think. No, actually. Yeah
1: no actually for me yeah it's not it's not even that it's just like it's not i, I don't think that me. what i think in those cases mostly is they are over you no know, so like when, when when that happens to me and i do something for someone and they say oh my god you know you're so sweet or this is nice i'm like i don't want to be sweet in like I, i'm I'm not saying I want to be terrible, but that wasn't intention. Mm. I'm just trying to like do something that I would I would do to the waiter at the okay. shop as well, mm. right? Mm. So I'm not comparing to you to a waiter, but <laughs> it is it is not a it's it's not an action that warrants you know a red carpet in my own head anyway. Mm. And so when I get that red carpet, it's not like I, I feel like I don't like I don't deserve it. Yeah. I just feel like the red carpet that that means the thing I should get a red carpet every day of my life because this is something that I would mm. do
0: for Tom Dick and Harry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I I don't like I do till now. Like, it's still something I struggle with to be honest. And it almost makes me stop doing things for people because I'm like, if I, I feel like if I do this now, I get this. Like again, like Walea said, this red carpet, and I'm like. I don't want to have to deal with that, like red carpet. So I'm just not going to do it or like try to do it. So I don't know. So it sounds like pride. It sounds like, I don't know, feeling too good, but I don't know. It's just this weird thing. And and with more people, I feel like there's just a lot of, the bar has just been set low is what it feels like to me. Like the bar <laughs> <laughs> sets very low on very different things. And so you yourself that are doing the bare minimum, you're made to feel like a king, which is like just super weird to me. So um, just to show the flip side of
1: yeah, but you that 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 um that concept that situation, do you think is a reflection of of the person or the or the receiver or the giver?
2: In this in the situation where uh, the person who is gi- the giver
1: giving something, yeah, like, yeah, yeah it's, receiving it's so
2: it's much like from yeah from yeah, I feel like it depends that it depends, honestly. It's okay if it's let me say from the giver, if the giver is the one who is having to feel like dang, why are you giving like you know, I feel like maybe <laughs> what um it's I don't know, maybe their sense of self or something, like they feel like they don't like they deserve that much. Like why are you why are you being so grateful, like I'm just doing this, but it I don't know, or maybe it's the if it's the receiver that is overdoing it then maybe they're like not used to that treatment and it's like dang, you doing the bear money it's like means the world to them, but for you it's just like I'm just doing this just because, you know. So it depends. There are many factors that can play into it, honestly. But in the end, it's psychodynamic, right? Oh my God. In, the end, in the end, it is psychodynamic. Everything boils down word. to... Part the that word. Word, baby, word. In the
0: end, it is psychodynamic. <laughs> what have you done today? What have you done <laughs> All right, um, we've said a lot. I think we've actually covered um, most of the things that I, I, we had in mind initially. So um, let's run through final thoughts. Wally, do you want to start first and do me then I to wrap it up?
1: Um, final thoughts on the imposter syndrome. Um, yeah. I think it's important to, if you can, keep a record of your progress, right? So that on those days where you feel like the next chunk is something that you don't deserve, look back on your progress, and I say, okay, tick, 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 tick. I have done a great job to get here. You know, because you don't, that is what helps you. Because I think as I look back on it, I think it also reflects the fact that when I achieve something, I, I move on from things very quickly at a very alarming, scary rate. Mm. So when I, for example, like if I get something like a new, a new job offer or something, or like, okay, for example, my graduation day, I was over 80 minutes, I was, I was I, like after I got down from the stage, I was literally over it, like, okay, what's next? Hmm. But I realized that if you're moving on from your your success achievements so quickly, that that is making you ignore your, your track record, right? And and that makes you more liable to occur if I'm wrong, but I'm but you more liable to feel like like you're not good enough when you get to position of something mm-hmm. that is that is of a huge um um toll to mm-hmm. carry on, right? So I think it's about to keep track of the progress. I think the second thing is also self-awareness, bro. Self-awareness is very key. Um, and it's a very vague word these days. Everyone uses it. But you got to know yourself. you got to know what makes you tick. Um, and you can know that in two ways. Either you're very introspective, you med- meditate, blah, blah, blah. Or you talk to people so they can bounce back um things of yourself. And, you know, feel free to discuss your issues, man. As I'm, this, this is for the guys out there, black men, the men, you know, um, I, I I know how it is. I've been I've been in that position where I didn't talk about things that would hurt me because I just did not know it was it was it was possible to talk about it. Not that it was possible, it was right then. Yeah. But talk about it, it's important. Don't don't keep stuff in your head because we're only human. We're only human, guys. We're only human.
0: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so for me, I I think the the sharing thing is what what I would uh, I'll put on. But also self-reflection, which is like self-awareness that I Welya said. I think it's it's about wherever, wherever you are, you know, take the time to actually look around you and you'll be shocked what you see. I think too many times we're so focused on, we're very self-centered about like life in general and it makes it hard to actually draw value from everything else that's around you. So um, like no man is an island, sounds cliche, but it's really true. Um, You're raised in a family, you're raised in a community. So, why all of a sudden do you feel the need to like do things alone? Is what I like to think about. And so, obviously, not everybody will understand your story, not everybody else will say the right thing. So, so I'm not saying like tell everybody and then hear from everybody. It's more like sow the seeds, and when it's time to reap the harvest, like be particular about what you're reaping, like be very deliberate about what you're letting get through to you. Um, you can. You can literally like sieve out all the bad and take the good. Take the constructive criticism, but um, don't take the ones that put you down. And you know the things that put you down. And you know the things that you're just like trying to shelve around because you know they're true, but you don't want to admit they're true. So um, I think that just sounds like self-awareness all over again. and You know, it's it's very important. Um, Tewa, take us home.
2: <laughs> I'll say in addition to like looking back at your track record and self-awareness, I would say you should give yourself credit like you Mm. like i don't think you get to that position of um i don't think you advance that far if you haven't worked um enough like people are not just going to give you a pass just because especially when you're in like a business setting or a school setting so Mm. for you to find yourself in the position where you're looking back and you're like oh my gosh i'm actually successful you actually work to get there so Mm. i feel like give yourself credit and then you know be easier on yourself basically nice (laughs) nice
0: There you have it, a recap of this week's episode of 20s Convos. If you enjoyed it, please like it, rate it, or share your opinion about it on our Instagram page at 20s Convos. You can find a link in the description. Till next time, take care and stay safe.